Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. All right, it is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. We are recording this on August the 21st, 2017, uh, the day of the uh, much ballyhooed solar eclipse, which I witnessed and thought it was mildly interesting. Uh, it got dark for about two and a half minutes, so uh, that's fun, I guess. Uh, junior, senior, uh, Benjamin, and uh, some asshole from Minnesota, uh, we're all here today, <laughs> who finally... Finally, <laughs> finally uh, decided to show up for one of these things. You know, we have such a busy schedule, you know, TV and radio. and That's and true. He's probably and in politics by now. We've got, uh, actually, our, our third kid is due in, uh, like, 15 days. Ooh. Sure, more what happens in the cold weather up there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do, do you know the gender, or is it like a, I, I remember seeing the tiebreaker sign. Uh, yeah, we're, having, we're having, having a little boy. Uh-oh. So the boys are going to outnumber the girls. There you go. Yep. So yeah, we're, yeah, we, are, we are pretty busy up here, though. I'll give you that. And it's been uh, it's been sad missing uh, missing all the wonderful episodes. We will get you a uh, premium gas station It's a Boy Cigar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're not going to spring for the Alec Bradley It's a Boy. We're just, you know, whatever... Whatever senior finds at the truck stop. Much cheaper. Uh, thanks, guys. It's the yeah, least we, anyone could do for you. We can probably find him at Drew Estate. You know, one of those really sweet ones. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, Black Cherry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Hey, weren't weren't you two the, the guys who liked that bubblegum flavored cigar back in uh, Huntsville? Uh, I'll have none of that. It was pretty pebbles. Mess. <laughs> me. Oddly enough, I was at the cigar room several months ago, and somebody bought one of those and started smoking it. I pretty much had to leave. That's gross. Because uh, the entire place smelled like Greek bubble gum. Yeah, I forget what those things are called. Tat Tatiana? Does that sound right? Tatiana Groovy Blues. There it is. Oh my god. Coincidentally, Benjamin's stage name. <laughs> you can't be. That's from a long time ago, guys. <laughs> yeah, back when he did some things in college that he wasn't proud of. It was like two weeks ago, but that was it's in my past now. <laughs> but anyway, we're supposed to be talking about cigars. Uh, I am smoking. Yeah. We'll get into this a little bit later because it's uh, part of our five under segment. Yep. Uh, but I'm smoking the CLE Schizo, uh, great bargain cigar. But more on that a little bit later. Uh, Senior, what are you smoking, if anything? Uh, smoking a Pepe Fritter, or as I like to call them, a Pappy Fritter. Pappy Fritter. Yeah. And I did a little research on it, and come to find out it's made up of rat droppings and pig shit. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> wow. That sounds <laughs> like a winner. The reason I say that, it's made from the clipping of the Liga Pravada Dirty Rat and the flying pig. They basically ah. take the clippers, roll them up, and that's a papistritus. Son of a bitch. You, you. <laughs> that's, you, that's, pretty, you. that's pretty incredible. 
Were you yeah. waiting two weeks to say that joke just for this specific podcast? Yeah, I, I've been saving that one for a while. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's probably written on an index card in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm high yeah. tech. I took a screenshot of it with my phone. Uh, Benjamin, what are you uh, puffing on besides weed? I have, and this will also be part of the five and under segment, the Tatuaje Tattoo Robusto. Hmm. Interesting. Look forward to hearing more about that. And uh, Kirk, do you actually still smoke cigars, or uh, does your wife still allow that? Well, <laughs> you had this to know this was coming. Yeah, We're laughing true. because it's true. Well, here, here's the real. Uh, I'm setting myself up because t- tonight is my first night in a long time. I haven't had one. Uh, I am without cigar tonight. I'll get be off the air. She has. <laughs> like she off. has won. She has won the battle. <laughs> See, you did, are the. Uh, you are the Uncle Benji to. To her Night King. Oh, I had I had a few on a Saturday with my niece and nephew's birthday party, and then a few on Sunday with with Game of Thrones. And uh, I just uh, it wasn't there for me tonight. It wasn't. I didn't want to force it. You are Sam of the Night's Watch. Cute but useless. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, there's so many Game of Thrones references going on here. I don't know what's happening? Well, now that I know who these people are. All right, be sure to, uh, and poor seniors never, it seemed like two episodes of it, so he has no idea what the hell's going on. Oh, that's, wow. that doesn't, that doesn't matter what we're talking about, though. He's always confused. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Getting worse with age. (laughs) And, uh. I'm disowning Ben. He's written out of the will. I didn't even get a happy birthday the other day from him. Oh. Oh my God! Oh, yeah, you're, you're out. Pin you ungrateful no. bastard! <laughs> oh no, I have failed. And to think I gave him an XI cutter. I was gonna say you're, you you're, did. You really did. You're about to be single cutter, Ben, because two cutters <laughs> ain't working anymore. <laughs> Funny. And uh, let's see if you're on the uh, the social media. We've got the Instagram, the Twitter, uh, the Facebook, all at Cigar Tipster. So give us a a like in or a thumb in, uh, whatever you prefer. And one story I noticed uh, as I was perusing the interwebs the other day on that magazine, whose name I'm not very good at pronouncing. Uh, Alec Bradley is bringing a new black market illicit uh, out to the market. I know Senior's uh, a fan of some of the other uh, Alec Bradley black markets that are out there. But this particular one is going to be a TAA exclusive. And if you're not familiar with the fancy TAA initials, that's going to be the Tobacco Association of America, which admittedly I didn't know jack about until uh, the FDA situation started up uh, back in the day. But my question to you guys is not so much about the Alec Bradley itself, but the the exclusivity factor of only being able to get uh, TAA cigars in certain shops and things of that nature. Uh, does a cigar being a quote-unquote exclusive or limited edition, does that make you seek it out more, or does it have the opposite effect? So uh, what do you guys think? Second... Uh... I can leave this one off. I, I personally appreciate the exclusive cigars, um, but I, 
but I want to type the TAA thing a little bit. Um, you know, if, if you know what the TAA is, um, you're probably someone who will appreciate an exclusive cigar. Uh, if, if you don't know the difference between a Gurkha and a Rocky Patel, um, there's probably not a lot of point in speaking out exclusives. Uh, so the fun part is, is trying something that I know is not going to be around forever and trying something that at least the people who made it is actually special. What was the last one that we talked about that was a TAA exclusive? Does anybody remember that one? Oh, it, uh, was it Angels, Angels and Anvil? Was it Angels yeah, and Anvil? Angels, yeah, because Kirk was big on that one. Yeah, that was a good cigar. I got one in my humidor still. Yeah. There was a Ford Dominicana. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, they've had a few. Now, the only place close to me, or me and Senior even one, uh, where we can actually get them is Burns in Chattanooga. That's the only, at least that I'm aware of at this moment, only TAA exclusive retailers that we've got, uh, I would say, within a 100-mile radius. Uh, and that's a long way to drive for a cigar. But I do think uh, being exclusive... Um, is a good thing and can be a selling point for sure. One thing that I'll notice, you know, and me and senior kind of went crazy with the Quattro Cinco's cause we've still got a lot of them. Uh, but that one where the original one, there's only, you know, X amount being made. We kind of went out of our way to scoop up as much of, of those as we could and hoard them. And, uh, uh did I, I happen to mention that I have those on the truck with me now. I, it wouldn't surprise me, which probably means they'll all be gone by next Tuesday. <laughs> we we don't have quite as many as you might think. Mm, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I like the idea of exclusives and, you know, kind of like Kirk was saying, you know, if it's something that is only going to be around for a while, the only downside is if I really like it, we have to you know, go out of our way. We like with the Quattro Cinco's to kind of hoard them a little bit. But yeah, I like uh, that exclusivity factor. It's not definitely not a requirement for the purchase, but it makes it a little more fun in my book. I think it it, it brings, yeah, I think you're right, uh, Junior. When, when you do something exclusive or a limited run or something like that, it adds to the appeal of, oh, I have to get it while I can because it won't be around. Whether it could be or maybe it is a limited supply, but, you know, I just, I don't want, the problem is when you buy something like that, do you think it tastes any better because it's exclusive? Because it has that label? Or, like, is it because it really is that, you know, that good a quality tobacco? But, you know, that you have to judge that for yourself. But having said, hey, they, they only made two runs of this, you know, they only made 100,000 of these, and that's it, no more. Collectability, appeal to it. Uh, in yeah. some case, but I think sometimes you're still going to run into those that even though it's a limited run and you tried it, like, I'm glad they didn't make any more of these. <laughs> you know, you're going to have right. good Yeah. So, I mean. You know, to Junior's point earlier, um, and this this something that probably resounds more, again, with, with folks who really appreciate cigar culture and cigars, you know, if you do find that one special exclusive release and you do happen to stock up on it a little bit. Um, 
actually make someone's day if you hold on to a few for a year or two. Um, and they recognize it and they appreciated it when it first came out and they thought it was gone forever. You know, if you pull one out of your, your travel humidor, um, you know, that's kind of like a, a pretty big deal. And I've, I've been on the receiving end of that once or twice. And, um, <laughs> Ben, are you giggling? <laughs> no, maybe. <laughs> About the receiving end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's, that's okay. Sorry. I shouldn't have called it out. Um, <laughs> I should have just skated right past, but, but, um. I mean, and that is, I don't know, it kind of goes to the, the brotherhood piece of, of things a little bit. You know, there's um, there's some guys out there who are nice enough to hand out a cigar, and if uh, they hear that you like something, even if it was special, you know, they might um, they might hand it over. So things like that, I think, make exclusive cigars even more neat. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And to what Ben was saying earlier, I think they're, there can be a little bit of mystique in terms of the flavor, you know, the, the exclusivity factor can play with the mind a little bit and, you know, potentially make something better than what it is. But I, I think the real thing uh, to get out of this conversation is that I, I believe Kirk wants a Quattro Cinco, I think is what we're trying to, you know, he, he was <laughs> oh, beating around the bush. Are these here? That was you know, there, there was a little bit of I mean, beating around the bush, you know. You know, every now and then you just meet that really nice person who who knows that you love a cigar. Maybe they're the ones. Maybe they're the reason you have that cigar to begin with. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, the only problem with that statement was nice person. <laughs> you you've known us longer than that. Now. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know any nice people. But, no, I was I was not be, not beating around the bush at all. Um, you guys have you guys have been very generous with me, and uh, no need to send anything we won't <laughs> <laughs> no problem uh, we'll we send you on our back about it. Will. he's hoping there's some more of those left when i kick over yeah i posted on your uh on your facebook get... wall senior actually you, you should enjoy it <laughs> it says happy birthday <laughs> did you did you do it with one of the colored statuses to, to make I, it fancier I, I did i really did i went an extra step for that yeah you, i you went in on that out. will that's wow. almost like buying him a gift, but not. <laughs> we have oh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, definitely check us out, uh, .com. Uh Ben is always posting some blogs on there. We've got uh, review archives from the original site, and uh, occasionally we get off our lazy rumps and... Uh, do a new review here and there. Yep. Uh, or at least Ben does. I, you know, ben, Ben's the hardest working man in cigar tipsters, is best I can tell. It's due Maybe for a the new only, blog. The yep. only working man. Yeah, pretty well, much. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rephrase that. The only working person, because I'm wow. not 100% wow. sure on this. Wow. Because there's there's actually a story about his, his balls being in a mason jar. It's not a mason jar. Uh, that his wife has full control over, so. It's in a jar he may barbicide. He castrated gentleman. Well. Well, at least the barbicide keeps the infection down, you know. It does. <laughs> it really does. It's thoughtful. Mm. So okay, she, that's pleasant. Long story short, she really does care, you know, even if, even if she does have your balls in a jar. It's the thought. 
<laughs> so when it comes to uh, accessories, I've noticed myself uh, changing up how I spend just a little bit and not spending so much on lighters. Now, I don't mind spending the money on cutters. Lord knows I've got more cutters than most humans could possibly need. But uh, I'm finding less and less reason to spend money on these fancy lighters because at the end of the day, they are simply just lighter. So I'm curious what you guys are putting your money towards these days. Kirk? Uh, nothing. Uh, Kirk okay. has no money. Sorry. That's true. He's tied up. Well, I, well I've got... Um, I, I, I feel satisfied. So I've got a single torch, a double torch, and a triple torch. And I've got a straight cutter. I don't have a wedge cut or a punch. And, and if I were... If I were to go out and spend money, I think I'd go and spend 50 bucks on the, um, the Zycar V-Cut. Uh, I don't know if I'd even bother with a, bother with a punch. Um, but, uh, you know, to me, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, those that you know and you like. And just like, you know, your, grand, your granddad probably had the same wrench set for his entire life. You know, if you find one you like, you don't need a different one uh, unless it breaks or you lose it. So... That's kind of where I'm at. I've not bought yeah. any accessories in quite a while. Benjamin but, just takes cutters that people give to him. No, hang on. Well, well, yeah. Uh, wait a and, minute. And then, and then he doesn't wish him happy birthday after that. I know. What a, what a jerk. I, well, I did earlier. <laughs> I have, uh, uh, for Christmas, I got the, the Zycar XO, which is uh, my favorite cutter. Uh, in the but I also have a wedge cut, uh, uh, V cut. Excuse me, Kirk with his Minnesota language. Um, got a V cut from Calibri, which I adore. Uh, it's it really honestly puts the Zycar standard V cut to shame. I know they're coming out with the deep V later in the year, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, that that V cut has turned me into a serious Calibri fan. Uh, but you don't like you the know, Calibri lighters, though, do you? Uh, Calibri lighters? I've never actually had one. Uh, I had a Lotus lighter at one point and had a lot, uh, honestly, more trouble out of it than it was worth. Because it was like, a, I don't know, an 80 or $90 lighter, and it broke like two weeks in, and then Kirk sent see, it off for me, and that was like six months later. They finally got it back. I think... That I just put it in my pocket, actually. Yeah, that figures. Right there next to uh, Senior's Treza that you broke. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to let him fill it up with fluid. He probably broke it then. <laughs> I think as a, as a general blanketed statement, not necessarily just applicable to me, but I find people spending money and, and more money for lighters and more expensive lighters and not getting necessarily as good a results as cheaper lighters. And I think they may be trying too hard or it's too complicated. And so they break more often or whatever it is. Um, it's more for looks and aesthetics, but you know, I mean, I've seen people with, you know, light a $40 cigar with a $10 lighter and it does just fine. Well, and that's one thing I've got two lighters, uh, one that I found at a hardware store. And I think one that senior bought at a truck stop, but both of them under $5 and I, I literally have beat the living hell out of them and I, I can't break them. 
I think, yeah, I think that's people. I think people in general will spend more on lighters just because they break more often. And you know, I like the aesthetics of let's say the Calibris or the Zycars or uh, or SD Duponts and things like that. Um, not that I've owned an SD Dupont lighter, but I just I don't know if they last as long based on the testimonies from what I've been told that they're just they're aesthetically pleasing, but functional they don't last as good. I don't know. I'd have to say for Zycar, I've I've owned Zycar lighters for years, and I've only sent one back. And that's with the lifetime warranty that you really yeah. haven't had to use. Exactly. Fair enough. You know, I think it's got to do also with, you know, if you take care of the lighter. You know, if you purge it and don't beat it up too bad and don't let Kirk fill it up with fluid. <laughs> <laughs> what about other accessories? Um ashtrays or holders or, or carrying cases or travel humidors, things of that nature. Do you guys spend your money on any of those things or have you guys just bought them and set them and just been using them? Now, I've got a CAO, uh, one of the little travel humidors that uh, the leather outside zip up that I got yeah. recently. Um, didn't necessarily get it for the, the humidor to begin with, but... Uh, because it came with like 10 cigars in it and they had a real good deal. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it. But I've enjoyed the little humidor. It, it works a lot better than expected. Yeah. The little travel humidor that you sent to me and, and junior and everyone else, that little thing works great. You know, close snap, done, sealed, you know, simple, straight to the point. So I like it. Oh yeah. yeah. Got that. <clears throat> for, for me personally, I, I would throw, ashtrays and the travel humidors into the same category as lighters and cutters where if they're not broken um just stick with it now if i were to invest in something bigger and better um i'd put money into a humidor uh they last they last a lifetime you know if you treat them well and there are some there are humidors out there that serve a purpose and there are humidors out there that you can be really proud of and you could almost call them you know, a piece of art. I forget the brand um, that we had at the the cigar shop, but you know, made in America, handcrafted, two hundred and fifty or three hundred bucks. Um, but it's something that just looked every dollar of that. Um, oh yeah, those think, were really nice. Yeah, I'm trying to. It was the um, Julius Caesar. Whoever makes the Julius Caesar cigar, I forget. Uh, J.C. Newman. Yeah, J.C. Newman <laughs> humidors. There you go. Never forgot that one from the quiz. <laughs> yeah, what's uh, what's two times two? J.C. Newman. That's right. <laughs> no, that's a good point, Kirk. Um, upgrading the humidor, maybe a bigger one, or just going from a passive to an active humidification, or or whatever. I think that's that's actually a pretty pretty good investment because you can the more you can control the humidity and temperature of your cigars, the longer they'll last, the more they retains the flavor. So I think that's a good uh, that's a good follow. And just increasing storage capacity too. I mean, yeah. not not everybody has the need for a two hundred count or, or something, but it, once you get to that size, you can really start. I do um, ex- experimenting with yeah, <laughs> experimenting with um, age, and um, you know you probably move out of the by buying in ones and twos and start buying tens and twenties because the intent is to to smoke one today and then put the other bunch of them away for a while. 
Um, so that, that's that's when I think your your hobby becomes something a little a little different. Oddly, oddly enough, I only own two ashtrays, and neither one of them have ever seen any ash. Uh, one of them is that uh, one that's of them is Drew, Drew Estate, <sighs> which is fancy. That pants. thing, that thing, it's incredible. I was going to ask you about that. Oh yeah, it's it's never seen any ash, but it's it's still around. And the other one is a 601 La Bamba that's actually shaped like a bomb. Uh, I've seen that. I do have, I think me and Senior both have got ash cans. Uh, yeah. Like our ash cans, uh, which are handy. But nine times out of ten, my ashtray is a cup or a uh, bottle or a can or whatever's handy at the time. And travel humidors, I've got several of them, but I'm kind of set, like... Uh, I, I just noticed, and I mentioned it to Senior the other day, I have a Tatawahe coffin humidor that I haven't touched in, I don't know, probably a year and a half or better. Uh, just because I'm kind of, I have too many humidors at the moment, really. You never have too many. True. You know, there's, <laughs> they can Not always if be filled. If you're an enthusiast, it's never too much. Yeah. You know, they, they can always be filled. Mm-hmm. And starting up uh, or continuing a segment we started on the last show, uh, we're going to jump into five under. And no, we're not talking about Ben. Ah. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> I think I'm going to open every five under segment with that same joke. <laughs> because to me, it never gets old. And our listeners will never get tired of hearing it. Yeah, it'll be the new Ken Ball. Oh, God. <laughs> Son of a, he had to get work his way into the damn segment somehow. It's been a long time, you know. His name hasn't been uttered in a while. God, he's like herpes. <laughs> he's just there one week and gone the next. In fact, never mind. Anyway, but it, but in all seriousness, five under is is our new segment where we find cigars that are less than five dollars and we we give them a smoke and let you know whether they're worth their weight or not. And this particular one that I'm bringing to the table tonight uh, is made by Christian Iora, uh, the CLE Schizo, and I have to uh, give credit where credit is due. Uh, this cigar was introduced to me by Kirk uh, Rutherford Chalmers over there. Uh, I remember yeah, they... Rutherford, uh, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know that, Ben? <laughs> I, I come from a long line of Rutherfords. Oh, my God. Your family fighting the Civil War or what? <laughs> but uh yeah you know back in the patriot days uh you know i walk in there one day and the that was actually not a joke that was actually the name of the shop patriot oh. cigars oh never mind that <laughs> we were not continuing the, we were not continuing the, the deal there the Minutemen against the british or something yeah no no no, no. the bit's over ben catch up <laughs> Uh, but anyway, you know, we're sitting there, Patriot, and I, I walk in, and he's like, you got to try this cigar. And, you know, I tried it, and it's really, really good. And he's like, that's a $2 cigar. And I'm like, you know, you're kidding. But no, in all seriousness, uh, the original Schizo, which is what I've got right now, is full Nicaraguan. Uh, just, it's a $2 cigar that, you know, you would, if no one told you, you would probably peg it in the 6 to $7 range. And I know they sell it by bundles, uh, usually in the $26, $27 range, or uh, you can usually find them individually for $1.95 to about $2.25, depending on where you're buying them. But fantastic. 
the first one went over so well that they now have the COE Schizo Maduro, uh, which actually uses a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, which haven't had time to try it yet. But uh, if it's anything as good as the original, uh, it's definitely going to be worth uh, those couple of bucks. And it's something that it's cheap enough that you could literally smoke it every day and have an enjoyable smoke every day. Uh, and Ben, I remember uh, earlier in the show, you mentioned having a five under candidate as well. Yes, I have a $5 Tatuaje. Um, it is the Tattoo by Pete Johnson. And it is kind of what I would consider to be the payback cigar to Matt Booth. It's just his less expensive, more everyday man's type of cigar. After your 12 and 13, I got it for right at five bucks. Uh, it's a robusto size Ecuadorian Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler, and it's uh, rolled in Nicaragua. So, um, quick review. Uh, I do have the robusto size. It is burning beautifully. I am very impressed with how well it's burning for five bucks. I mean, I, typically a lot of cheaper cigars have burn issues. This does not. It burns great, even outdoors. Um, flavor is got kind of a dark cocoa, but heavy on cedar. Like heavy cedar uh, uh, flavor to it. It does have a short finish. So once yeah. you smoke it, the draw is good. Once you smoke it and release it, it doesn't have a lingering flavor. It's short, and it doesn't leave the most pleasant aftertaste, but it's not too bad. Um, for $5, it, it's definitely worth having if you want to you know, pass them out to friends or just you know, have in your humidor and cycle. It's fine. Um, but other than that, it, for five bucks, it's worth it. If it was a nine or ten dollar, I wouldn't recommend it. But for the money, I think it's I think it's great value. Now, were those on sale, or is that typically the price range for that? It it when I bought it, it did not say it was discounted on sale. It just said right at five. Now I did. That's just what it was sold for. I don't know if that's necessarily the MSRP, but it didn't show any discounts when I bought it. I was just surprised when you said Tatawahe and. Five dollars, right? In the same right. It throws in one. You have a tattoo. They're typically, you know, twelve, thirteen bucks. I mean, well, this particular yeah. one is the cheaper version of that. Um, but I think Probably. it's good value for money. Definitely, and you know, the, this segment will continue to show the uh, sub five dollar options that are out there that are damn good smokes that you should be. Uh, Enjoying on a regular basis. Uh, mm-hmm. Some new news uh, over on the FDA front. Uh, we've got a new, eh, lack of a better term, organization joining the fray. The Boutique Cigar Association of America. Uh, they're going to be launching to better support the boutique brands. Um, now, I, I really do think the boutique brands need a, a stronger and better voice uh, in this fight against the FDA, because honestly, they're the ones that are probably affected the most at this point. Yeah, your Rockies and your Generals are going to have to spend a lot of money to get their cigars out, but it's money that they have, uh, whereas these small companies don't have that kind of money. And in the case of this FDA fight, also don't have the money for the legal representation to fight this fight. Yeah, I've read about that. Did you read that from Cigar Aficionado? Is that what I you did. Saw it? Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Um, well, one more group to the mix cannot hurt. It can only help. So, 
Uh, I'm excited to see what they bring to the table to be a independent voice and not just a branch off of the well-known uh, CRA, CAA, you know, IPCPR, all the the well-known ones. So I kind of wonder what their voice is going to be and what they have to say about it. But the more, the merrier. Because it, it's it's called a, it's a boutique cigar of association, so it's strictly just for boutiques, which honestly this whole FDA thing is targeting for the most part. So it's nice that it's getting its own representation, I think. Yeah, I, I would well, agree with that. I would say keep in mind, uh, I don't know when it became popular, but every cigar company that walks through the door tries to call themselves boutique. Uh, at some point, boutique became desirable. Um, so you get even people, uh, you know, well, CLE or Camacho or whatever, like basically anything other than Rocky Patel, Partigas, Monte Cristo, Padron, like anything other than those wouldn't call themselves boutique. So it'd be interesting to see who this association actually, like how they determine who's boutique and who's not. Okay. Well, that was the one thing I found odd reading the articles. They didn't like announce any partner companies or, you know, say, you know, X, Y, and Z are totally behind this kind of thing. It was just like, eh, we're forming. Yeah, that is yeah, kind there's... of a valid point. Who's, who's actually boutique? Well, I'm, no, you but... Know, <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, actually, frankly, I don't know how to define it. I mean, I mean, if, do you have to have fewer than five cigar lines? And if you create a sixth, are you no longer boutique? Or um, is it because you own your own farm? Or do you have to roll your own tobacco? Or how do you decide that? But... Um, I was going to add to this just a, a trend that I, I guess I've just noticed um, going back to the boutique just being a popular word. Um, there's a, uh, I don't know if it's national or if it's local or what, but there's a an, an event that I've heard of multiple times now called um, Boutique as Fuck. <laughs> wow. And this um, fuck cigar event um, is all about cigars coming in and it's, it's all about the small guy so they set up tables they set up tents and then folks kind of walk through and do their thing so i mean there is a support out there for boutique lines and benjamin i know you sent me some uh tax related information that you wanted to talk about so i'll throw it over to you for a few minutes here yeah, so I've noticed this from a couple of states as far as raising the smoking age to 21 instead of 18. Um, uh, Maine just did it, and now I think Oregon is the one who uh, is increasing the smoking age to 21. Um, I kind of wanted to throw it out there just to kind of see what your opinion was on what looks to be a trend of states raising it up to 21. I know some were already 21, but now it seems to be a growing, uh, you know, popular thing that states are doing. Uh, you know, it says that, uh, you know, about a week ago, Governor Kate Brown signed a bill that increased the minimum age to legally buy tobacco products from 18 years old to 21. Uh, it goes into effect January of this coming year, this next year. Um, they're trying to crack down. It looks like on vendors who sell to underage buyers, 
and by establishing huge fines that the ones that do. So Maine, New Jersey, Hawaii, and California are the only other states to raise their tobacco purchase age to 21. Um, I mean, I get that, that they don't want to sell to underage. Um, but since, you know, Kurt and Junior, you guys have run cigar shops and seniors run cigar shops. I mean, in your experience, have you noticed, do you think this law is necessary to fight against that specific crime? Is it that much of an epidemic for selling to a bunch of underage minors, or is this just kind of like once in a blue moon instance that is it you know is is worth changing the whole law because of it? Is it that it is actually their concern of selling to underage, or is it just simply another means of control? I mean, to me, it's absolute bullshit because sure. I mean, you're going to tell someone. At 18, you can go in the military, we'll send you to Afghanistan, stick a rifle in your hand, and tell you to go kill people. But you can't have a drink, you can't uh, smoke a cigar, come on. I mean, you can vote, so you can, you, you are supposed to be conscious enough to be able to make a decision on who should run this country. You can vote. But, but you yet, can't have a cigar. Yeah, you can't make up your mind. Do you want a drink or you want a cigar? So, I'm with you. I'm with you, senior. There, there are, there are people out there who will not stop until smoking anything is completely against the law, and and they will say whatever they have to say to move their agenda forward. So they'll say, "Oh, it's for the children." They'll say, "Oh, the cigar industry or the cigarette industry is getting rich on the backs of poor innocent kids," and um, you know, they'll paint whatever terrible picture they have to paint to move their agenda forward. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's almost like they're approaching this to a pre industrial revolution, pre OSHA era where kids at six years old working in mines, getting black lung, and they're treating it like we're still in that stage of our citizenship. And I don't, I don't buy that, you know, you race to 21. So in other words, responsibility at 18 you're a kid you're a moron you don't know anything you don't know what you're doing but at 21 a magic bulb goes off and now you're super responsible you are now allowed to smoke and do whatever you want because now you've reached the age of ascension and responsibility and i don't think that applies it doesn't make sense to me just raising the age all it does is delay if someone's irresponsible at 17 and 18 they're not necessarily going to grow up to be super responsible three years later you know, so it's just, I think like what you're saying, Kirk, and what you're saying, Senior, it's just another way to say we have a grip on our citizens and control what they do and when they're allowed to do it because we say so. It has nothing to do with their original agenda, the perceived agenda of protecting these children. It has nothing to do with protecting children. Nothing at all. So, um, so you're, applying, you're applying logic to an emotional stance right that's what that's what these people do is they they talk about emotional impacts and you're talking logic so some it won't suburban, make sense right some suburban mother had her 16 year old kid go and get a hookup somewhere and get and buy a cigar somewhere and now she's raising cane to some senator she's married to or whatever and all of a sudden now we have to change all the laws so no one is allowed to buy these guns until they're pretty soon they're going to raise the, the smoking age to 50 I don't know why stop at 21. Just go all the way to fucking retirement age. 
Oh, I'll tell you, day, you know, you had asked about the cigar shop. Um, yeah. The only underage person I ever had come into the cigar shop and try to buy a cigar was a, a sting employee when the police officer was waiting in the parking lot. And I carted her and she left. And, and that was the only time I, other than when a police officer sent someone in to try to trick me, nobody underage ever came into my shop. And that was in about two years of time. Well, I don't think 16-year-olds go into cigar shops. It's well, not like they're going to pay They've got the 10, 12 bucks to buy a good cigar, you know. No, none. None. They're not going to save up their lunch money from school to go buy a $10 cigar that they don't even know what it is. It doesn't, exactly. even, it doesn't make any sense. You know, well, and and back to the logic piece. Here's one, guys, that's that's hitting home for me. Just just about how stupid uh, lawmakers be when it comes to tobacco. Um, in Minneapolis, just within the Minneapolis limits, it is no longer allowed for uh, gas stations or convenience stores to sell menthol cigarettes. They cool. can sell every every other type of cigarette, and and you can walk. If you live near the border of Minneapolis, you can walk 30 seconds into St. Paul and buy a menthol cigarette there. But the 200 and some gas stations and convenience stores in Minneapolis can no longer sell a menthol cigarette because apparently menthol are targeting kids. How the hell Just is menthol targeting campaign? kids? Dude, what ad campaign? <laughs> Just the, <laughs> flavor, the, the flavor. The fact I've, that it's never... minty. I've never heard anybody say, "Oh, I gotta get me some menthol." Yeah, I'm telling you, and uh, they banned all. They menthols? are playing it like, yeah, no menthol cigarettes are sold in Minneapolis, other than in um, 18 and older, like a cigar shop, for so instance, if, or a head shop. I can buy a pack of Seneca Blacks unfiltered, and that's fine. Yes. But I can't do a menthol. Yes. Yes, and it is only it is only the city limits again. So like, it is it's not like you're stopping anyone. If somebody wants a menthol cigarette, they can easily drive three minutes or whatever. You're just you're just making it that much harder on all these small business owners who are trying to make a buck. So, it's, so at it's best, just, it's inconvenient. Yep, it's pointless laws. It is pointless, uh, totally illogical. But it passed with a a perfect uh, the, the entire city council voted for it because guess what? If you vote. In favor of tobacco, I mean, you're probably not going to have a job. So, and that's, that's weird because they they don't <laughs> take into consideration all the revenue that's gone out of that. Because very seldom does somebody just stop at the convenience store and grab a pack of cigarettes. They may get gas, they may get sodas, they may get stuff to munch on, you know. So now all of that revenue, not just what they lost on the pack of cigarettes is going into the next town or next county. They're not going to go to one gas station to get gas and then go to another gas station 10 minutes exactly. east just to get the menthol. I'm already there, so I'm just going to go yeah. to that other gas station to get both things simultaneously. Get everything at once. And that might be the most upsetting part. Is I, I forget the exact number, but it was close to 300. 300 gas stations and convenience stores were going to lose their ability. And they went to the state and they said, listen, I know you guys are targeting menthol cigarettes, but just so you know, menthol are like the, you know, they're, they're 30% of our tobacco sales. And when people come, just like you guys said, they buy sandwiches and sodas and lottery tickets and whatever else. And that's all leaving. And, and the state still said, 
take a hike. We don't care. Um, just because they're so then they're so emotional that they, they can't be logical when it comes to tobacco. Is there, and it wouldn't surprise me in the least, a sub layer agenda to where the state agrees to vote against the menthol for getting funding for some other project. You know, it's like, Hey, vote for me this way. I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. There's some other political agenda that they're trying to build up. And the menthols is just a ruse. It's just a distraction. I don't think they even need to. I think it's more like if you're going to fall on a sword, are you going to fall on a sword over tobacco? I mean, honestly, I, I love cigars and I love the cigar culture, but um, if I was a politician and I didn't think that that was going to be popular, even I would question that, you know, do I need to, do I need to fall on my sword over this topic? So, I mean, it's tough. Hmm. Uh, I guess well, none of us will be in that position to, to make, to have to make that call. Yeah. I think we'll never, we'll never get to be a political office just because we smoke cigars. <laughs> We'd have to be closet smokers like Obama. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> cigars is the <laughs> reason why we'll never hold political office. Never mind all the other effed up shit we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anywho, uh, yeah. as we uh, roll into wrapping this thing up here, anybody got any uh, final thoughts, emotional outburst, uh, new cigars that you're particularly <laughs> fond of? What's on your mind? I, I'll let Kirk go first. No, I'm I'm just happy to be back with you guys. It's been uh, it's been too long. Uh, definitely. Good Welcome to have you back. back. Give him a hand. How did everyone like the eclipse? By the way, since it happened, I was in Memphis, so it was little to nothing. Okay, we got a path of it. We got a. I was. It was in the direct path, so I got a full total eclipse out of it. That, that didn't sound right, but I, <laughs> uh, I got the full event of it, and it was it was awesome. It was a is really a, cool thing it, to see. Is a full total eclipse when they uh, they spread the cheeks? Yes. yes. Oh, I thought it was out in song, the total eclipse of the heart or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Bonnie Tyler's entire career was leading up to this day, basically. <laughs> uh, but uh, any events, Kirk? Any events going on where you are? Um, I'm not tracking any. There was a big Drew Estate one here just a little bit ago, and uh, the uh, Cigar Club in Minnesota just had their big summer herf. We had seventy some smokers show up and take over a, a park in uh, St. Paul. So that was pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's it very cool. And no, nothing particularly of note going on down this way. We've got the uh, the Drew Estates uh, Halloween bash. That's probably the the next major thing coming up. Which oddly enough, it's going to happen like two days after Halloween. But whatever, we do things on our own schedule around here. Do you have to dress up in costume? Uh, I hope so. Okay. Queen of Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go, go as the Ice Dragon and piss everyone off. Yeah. Yeah. You can be like, spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, uh, uh, anywho, we uh, thank you for joining us on the Scar Kids Podcast, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Nope. Oh.